Brit and Brandy podcast. Excellent. Perfect. Welcome to Brent and Brandy's podcast. Book club podcast. Book club podcast. Today we are talking about the magicians or magicans, depending on where you're from, land by Lev Grossman. What'd you think? I thought it was just okay. Of the three books, it certainly wasn't my favorite. You know, I think it might actually be my least favorite of the three. I think I liked it more than number one. Just because he, Quentin, is finally likable. I kind of liked him better when he wasn't likable. I don't know. It was like, it was, I usually like the -the over-the-top um, Hollywood endings, like, let's give everybody what they want. Hooray! Yeah. Uh, Alice is alive and everybody's happy. Um, but I just, it didn't feel right. No, it really didn't. Especially, I think one of the main themes of the book was that Quentin was most happy when he's on his own and he's got, like, a relatively simple task that he can put his mind to. Like, in the first book, after kind of the denouement was that, you know, he's on his own and he's like really just exploring magic and that's when he was okay. And then in the beginning of this book, when he's the professor, he's happy being a teacher and just repairing small stuff like he's supposed to. And I really figured that was where we were going to end up was, was with Quentin deciding, especially with uh, the weird North Pole guy, basically telling them like, you, you think you're this great wizard? You're not. You're shit. Because... I'm way better than you, and I just sit up here alone. And it's like, so I really thought that was going to be a wake-up call for him to stop pursuing being this super wizard and be happy with the life he has, which is, in general, a good lesson for everyone. Except that, no, Quentin turns into a god and remakes (laughs) Fillory, and then, like, instead of settling down after, I mean, I guess his version of settling down is creating a new universe, like... I don't know. I really felt like they were working towards something there and then just shat on it. And it isn't even that new. It's like the neighbor of Fillory with the cozy horse and like they <laughs> right. borrowed items from Fillory. It honestly felt like, like the fan, bastard cousin. Like fan fiction Fillory. <laughs> like why would you want to go there? Like at least <laughs> Fillory had like a point to it, sort of. And it wasn't made. Like, in such a, like, it wasn't painted, it, like, grew out of this magic that grew into Fillory. Like, it it kind of evolved to be what it is, instead of Quentin just being like, well, I think a big couch thing would be neat. Like, I don't know, it's just weird. So, another thing I thought was weird was, uh, maybe this was not his purpose, but the first book was very much like a Harry Potter gone wrong. The second book is very much a Chronicles of Narnia gone wrong. The third book is... I don't know. It's just kind of like haphazard. Like, at the beginning, I thought it was going to be Ocean's Eleven magic gone wrong. I was like, yeah! I am so on board for Ocean's Eleven with magic. But that scene where he... um, With the guys with the golden hands... Like, stealing... It didn't even need to be there. And then they just nonchalantly... At the end of the book, oh, yeah, those guys with the golden hands, those are my groupies. Yeah, <laughs> they tried to steal your people. Yeah, we're all assholes. <laughs> Didn't they, like, kill people? I think so. They killed people. And, like, all they wanted was a book. 
And like I get it, they they hold knowledge above all else, but was that necessary? They came flying out of the Netherlands to go murder a bunch of people and steal their book. Uh, it was odd. Yeah, that. Well, okay. So there's a lot of tangents in this book that go nowhere. Some they're they're actually enjoyable to read. So like while I'm while I was reading the book, I enjoyed it. But afterwards, I'm like, why was this whole section of the book there? And it's because he didn't have anything else to write. Like, kind of all the stuff that happened in Fillory with, um, who is it? Ja- I, all their names are so fucking generic. It's Janet, Poppy, and Poppy's boyfriend, or Josh. They're, those are the ones. Well, no, who's the, the guy that really wanted, that really enjoyed being king of Fillory? Oh, uh... Eddie, Eduardo, Eric. whatever. Okay. It's so probably Eduardo. I think that's it. So, <laughs> well, we so like, Janet and Eduardo are, like, going out there. And their solution to the problem of Fillory dying is just walk out into the wilderness and see what happens. But that's always worked. Right. And I understand how ridiculous that is. Except that it doesn't do anything this time. So it's just super weird. That they just walked out and, like, I don't know, they yelled at a frog and then, like, told some stories and kind of came home, like... <laughs> you had a turtle? And they oh, yeah, they yelled at a turtle. <laughs> Sorry. I was just waiting for them, you know, they'd only just saved Fillory six months previous, and nobody's like, geez, we're doing this again? It was just so... Well, they even casually referenced the fact that this is kind of what they do. They save Fillory every six months. But last time... But this one's different. Well, but, okay, last time they were sa- saving Fillory from the gods. Who, like, it was just... Armageddon just because? Like, why? Why was Yeah, it? there was no... There was no cause, like, it wasn't hubris that caused this. It was just it, stuff dies. It, Except, no, not really. And it wasn't even... So, like, they sort of made the reference that it was about... It wasn't necessarily Fillory that needed to die. It was the gods that needed to die. And, like, Ember and Umber, I guess not oh, giving God. it up was kind of the problem. But, like... Ember just turned, kind of turned into a whiny jackass, and then Umber is just like, I don't know. Umber, I thought it would be really cool if he turned out to be this super evil, like, I thought maybe when they fell into the pond, and that's where Umber actually came from, and he was the mirror of Ember, and he was going to be ultra evil, and it would be really interesting, but no. He's just... No, he's sort of the good one of the two. But not really. Well, okay. Like, he's, he, he wasn't any more deep than we already knew. There was no more character development with... No. I mean, we hadn't met him before, but they didn't... Like, he didn't turn out to be anything more than what I already thought he was. No, for the question of what's it like to be a god, we still don't know. It's weird. Okay, so in the end, he's supposed to kill Ember, and Ember's like, no, I don't want to die. And so <sighs> Quentin turns into, like, a magic dragon? And stamps on him? Yeah. And it's like, where did you get that power, dude? Oh, no. uh, I think Alice turns him into the magic because she, like, smears blood on him and she turns him into a magic dragon. I don't know why. Okay, okay. all of this is cool. Even if what's-her-face, Julia, from the other magic side had come over and used all her power, they still shouldn't equal a god. By their own examples of what people can and can't do. Like, when Quentin becomes a god... He just is like, wee, and remakes the entire world in, like, fractions of a second. Yeah. Like, the amount of power he wielded was so above, like, I turn into a magical dragon. Yeah. He should have been able to swat a magical dragon like a fly. That whole scene bothered me. 
I don't know. Maybe Ember and Umber weren't as strong because the world was ending. I don't. I don't know. Where did that sword come from? He like that was weird. Well, okay. So he's in like the first... he held it in his hands again. Didn't he say that? Well, they said something about it in the first book when they were like testing him, and he did his. You know, you have your like flash of magic or whatever, like kind of all the magic that had built up in you until you were tested because you hadn't been doing magic that time. You like yeah. pop basically. When he popped, I think he did something and pulled that sword out. Oh, that's right. Now I remember. Okay. So this is that sword. Boy, that Why it has the power really to kill a god is... Obscure. ...and unknown. No one... I don't... Maybe in the first book they're like, oh, it's that sword. That's a god-killing sword. Yeah. And just we forgot about it? And I, then like they... I'm certainly not going to read it again to find out, but... No. Um, okay. So the books... The book was written... For people that have already read the first two books. That's fine. I mean, they definitely did not spend any time developing the characters. But I don't necessarily... Elliot, that was his name. I don't really remember what their character, what the characters were like except for Quentin. So it's like, oh, you know Elliot. <laughs> you know how he is. And it's like, well, no. no, I don't really... So they didn't, like, look into the characters again or even kind of talk about them a little bit and then that didn't extend to characters like Plum who we've never met before so she really wasn't a well-developed character I think the only character who had any progression was Quentin and he just kind of magically got a little bit of a not asshole this time around or less of an asshole he just grew up he was 30 instead of Instead of, what, 26 in the last one? Like, it's just, I mean, yes, that's that's a big growing period, but there wasn't... Six months had gone by between the two I don't books, feel like right? it was a progression, it was a switch that got flipped. Yeah, okay. I guess is my issue with it. Oh, okay. So, this whole thing where he is pursuing the, you know, to fix Alice. But <laughs> yeah, he, by doing what? He, he, well, and then <laughs> he wasn't even pursuing it, and he has this page... That he had snatched from the Netherlands. So it's not like he was pursuing it. It's as if this was thrust upon him. Because he had the page in his hand when he left. And Atlas wasn't even... So he just sticks that in his pocket and leaves. I don't think he snatched it. Well, okay, it so the page, well, the page was the spell to create a universe. There's two, there were two pages. First was the page that he snatched out of the air at the Netherlands. And that's the page that fixed Alice. Then there was the second page he, that was stolen from that room. It was stolen with the knife. Okay. The spell. The spell to create a land. So there were two. So there was a spell, and then there was that page that was trying to fly away that he kept studying this page while he was at work, and he didn't know what the spell did. Okay, that makes a little bit more sense. Well,. What I don't get is why he thought creating a pocket universe would somehow trap Alice or help in the... I don't think he was trying to help Alice. He was just, just he killing just, time? Yeah. that's And that's what I was like... The whole book felt like killing just time. just killing time and it happened. Now let's just make this waste of time fit in with the book. Yeah. The more I talk about this book, the less I like. It was a, a solid three star... Now I'm, 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 it's inching no. towards two and a half. I would still give it three stars because I enjoyed reading it. Okay. But I, no, it does not stand up under scrutiny. And so the other Lev Grossman book we read was Soon I Will Be Invincible, which was one of our first book club books. This was before your time. And I had the same feeling about that. I really liked reading that book, but upon re-examination, you're like, what the fuck was that book about? Okay. Not much is the answer. 
<laughs> and well, I, I get the same feeling for this, except that we invested three books worth into it. And it's like, you kind of have a neat world here, but by the end, I only sort of care about Quentin, and you didn't feel the need to like really resolve Quentin as a character. And then everyone else is just so paint by numbers. I don't I was not into the characters. But the story was really interesting. And I really wanted the book to be the heist and not end 30% through the book and then go on to several tangents. Because I thought the whole heist idea was really interesting about these like wayward magic souls that had been through a whole bunch of random stuff. And I like that Quentin wasn't like, oh, I used to be the king of Hillary. Like, he was... He just had a weird past, and so did the other people, like the talking parrot and this other guy. And it was like, it was neat to have all these eclectic characters, well, and they, then just like half of them die and one of them's plum. Yeah, like, well, Meh. they spent so much time on the heist. <laughs> oh, then that girl's like, I'm Asmodeus, oh, bitches, and you're like, who? I know. And <laughs> yes, you have to have read the other books. Like, that was the part where it's like, no, they did not. It's like, I'm t- go tell Juliet. Who? <laughs> that I'm gonna go fox hunting. What? And then that was. I like, mean, like, well, as soon as she said I'm gonna go fox hunting, I'm like, oh yeah, the the fox god rapist. I get that part, but I'm like, still, who the hell are you? And like, I guess Julia's the one that got raped. Is she the one that's on the other side? Like, I don't know. It had been too long since I read the other book for that to, for you to just say Asmodeus and you know who you were. Yeah, and. Then that whole thing was result like we didn't follow Asmodeus to kill the god at the very end of the book. It was like, oh, yeah, Julia's yeah. like, yeah, that happened. Yeah, and thanks. He, he, you know, she she got at him. She she took her time. Yeah. Like, cool. Yeah, okay. Sadism is the best, man. <laughs> there was a lot of unnecessary, like unnecessarily graphic descriptions of Armageddon where the unicorn sliced open a centaur and spilled his guts all over. <laughs> and it ate up. Yeah, it was just, I don't It was trying to be more graphic and daring. Well, that actually felt more like the second book where... You know, it was Narnia, they did more of the fantasy stuff, and then all, then sometimes it got a little bit real. People die now. You know, stuff like that. Except, this was just like... This is descriptive real. This was... Well, but contrast that with the part where King Elliot is fighting, like, the king, troll, dwarf, whatever that guy was... And they have this long, drawn-out fight, and he just, like, kind of beats him up, and he's like, take a hike. You know, there wasn't anything, like, serious about it. Yeah. And then you you come to this, which is just, like, everyone's murdering everyone, and it's it's just a weird tone change. It's yeah. like uh, what episode three of Star Wars, when it's like, is this a kid's movie? And then, like, you cut off all that guy's limbs. It's like, <laughs> you, you gotta pick one. Well, what are, what, what are we doing here? Yeah. It was weird. I didn't like that. It... I didn't want to read, like, six pages of unicorns murdering centaurs. It was, like, six pages, too. Yeah. A long time. I get it. Armageddon is happening. But it it felt like he was trying to fill the pages. So here is a long description of, you know, elves killing, not talking animals, killing talking animals, and the uh, trees killing the... It's like, even in... Even in Fillory, there's racism. Hooray. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that was... Oh, he had a lot of, like, really gross similes. 
throughout the book. It was like, like a prom queen vomiting all over her dress. <laughs> like a, what was it? Like a pimple ready to burst. Like, well, except that those. none of these people went to prom. Well, One of them bitched true. about not going to prom, but it was like, well, neither did anyone else. You were all in, like, weird magic school, right? I mean... But I don't know. I just didn't like the... I, I guess I didn't like the really graphic, gross descriptions of things. No, you're right. It was a little over the top. <laughs> I just thought there were definitely also similes that had nothing... Like, I get it that it's the author speaking okay. and not the characters, but still, it seems weird to do a simile that's outside the world of... Yeah. Our characters. If no one went to the prom, why are you making a reference to the prom at all? What do we like about the book? I, it was fun to read. <laughs> I like that I, I really like books where I have no idea what's going to happen next. Well, and this that, is definitely yeah. one of those. <laughs> yeah. Um, I generally like when that has some sort of payoff at the end, but, you know. Yeah, you win some. I enjoyed reading it. I, I figured it would, I figure it'll be a good book for the book club. Because yeah. there, there are good parts about it. It's not total shit, but it's no. not good either. It's it's way easier to pick apart the bad for this book. It was... Yes, it's a it's a popcorn book. Yeah. If you read it and don't think too hard about it, perfectly serviceable. <laughs> but if you start thinking about it because you're going to do a little book podcast, then it doesn't hold up. Well. <laughs> no. No. Well, that is our book club. So our next book is going to be Pandora's Star by Peter Hamilton. But we're still going to read whatever book club reads. Yes. Oh, I'm okay. trying to do like an outro for the thing here. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Try again. So our, the next book we're going to talk about on this podcast is Pandora's Star by Peter Hamilton. And it doesn't really have an ending. It's just the first half of... Two books, and the second book is Judas Unchained. So if you like Pandora's Star, continue reading. I can't guarantee that we won't just talk about the first book. We'll we'll see how uh, how you like it. Okay. And that's it. <laughs>